Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Amen. Thank you, Justin. You, you would think we just, whoever's leading worship, we just call him Justin. It's just a thing. Works. <laughs> so if we ever have a guy here named like Paul, you know, that steps in, we'll just have to call him Justin. So it's just what it is. So, But thank you for leading us today. So moving up a few steps in the in the position. That's right. Uh, Crenshaw is down in the fellowship hall because today is our, besides Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, uh, it's also our graduation Sunday and we're celebrating that and so they're having a senior breakfast right now and um, which is different than a senior moment. It's a senior breakfast is when the graduate, uh-huh, when the graduating seniors come together and, and they have a nice breakfast with their family and everything and then at 11 they're going to be recognized in the sanctuary and they do the whole pomp and circumstance and and you do that, and then they come over here, and we kind of do it, uh, we, we don't do the pomp and circumstance, we play cool in the gang, uh, celebrate good times, and then they come into that, so, um, but they'll be doing that at 11. Um, so, Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, ladies. Um, oh, well, thank you, I'll receive that, so. So, what's coming next week? What's coming next week, that, that, that image that popped up. Um, next week, we are starting a, our annual, our sixth annual, I think, uh, series that we've been doing now, and uh, it's called Summer at the Movies. And uh, it, it's become this really incredible series that we do um, where it, it just it brings a lot of first-time people into our church. It also helps people kind of stay connected over the summer. We found as soon as when we started to do this uh, movie series that, that people that we didn't see, you know, when you watch like attendance and numbers like that, it didn't change a lot. So we're starting this, but there's always a few people, there's always a few people who question the spirituality uh, of a movie series, um, who, uh, you know, wondering if it's really godly, wondering if it's really spiritual, wondering if it's God-honoring, to take some movies, and of course we don't sit here and watch the whole movie, you know, but we take clips from certain movies and, and we look at them, um, and, and I get that. I get why people might wonder that. Uh, I think it's a valid question. I think it's a valid concern. So, so what we do then uh, with that concern, and I'm not just talking about here. I mean, we are certainly not the only church that does that. You can go online and type in like summer movie series or sermon series, and you'll find a ton of churches that do it. And, and you'll find also, if you would go into Google right now and be like, what's wrong with a movie series at church? You'll find a ton of stuff on that. People will say stuff about that too. And, and I get that and I understand that. So what we will do then, and, and why we do what we do, is that we're going to follow um, the example of Jesus in this regard. We're going to follow Jesus' Jesus's example in this. And so what did Jesus do? Um, seems like that's a question that some people ask and they wear it on a bracelet. Um, Jesus told parables. He told stories. Uh, what, what's a parable? Here's the definition of a parable. It's a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. That's the definition of a parable. A simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. Um, and Jesus told parables. He told stories. If you were to open up your Bible, and believe it or not, it's, 
It's actually like a book with paper. I know, I, I use mine here a lot. Um, but if you were actually to go to even like a real Bible with paper and everything, and a lot of the Bibles out there, the words that Jesus spoke are put in red ink. So you see it and you realize, wow, this is... And if you'll find that a lot of those red letters, a lot of those red letters form together to make words that Jesus spoke, a lot of them were actually stories. They were parables. So we follow the example of Jesus in this regard, and he told stories. He, he used these, these fictitious stories, these parables, um, to illustrate the meaning of something deeper, of something of, of, of a way that we should, the listener, should live a life that honors God. That, that's why Jesus told stories. He helped to, to draw people in. So why parables then? So, okay, so why movie series? Well, Jesus told stories, and movies are stories. So, okay, but then why did Jesus tell stories? Why did he tell parables? Why didn't he just speak it plainly? I mean, he is the son of God. I mean, he's like anything he does and says. It's holy and amazing. So why didn't he just, you know, do some Jedi mind trick and just say what he wanted to say, and you got it right away? Why did he have to use a story? Well, he actually answers that question too. In Matthew chapter 13... Um, this question was asked of him. And I want to set this up. It, it starts this with, with of course, uh, Jesus doing ministry, um, out with his disciples, doing what he does. And in Matthew 13, beginning in verse 1, we find this happening. At about the same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. Anyone want to do that? Okay. Um, in no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. So it was so crowded where Jesus was that he had to get into a boat to get a little space, you know, a little personal space there. Um, and then it says, using the boat as a pulpit, I love that idea, he addressed his congregation telling stories. See, he's telling a story. And he starts with a story in verse 3 of Matthew 1. And he says this, what do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It, it sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. And then Jesus says this to the people he's telling the story to, story, fiction. Are you listening to this? Really listening? So we find where Jesus, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about this in a minute. So, so Jesus, we find him here, he's telling a parable, he's telling a story, a fictitious story to make a point, to make a moral point, a spiritual point. And I find it interesting, I don't know if this has, any, this has any worth to you whatsoever, but I just find it interesting that he's at the beach and, he, and he's going to tell a story to make a point. I get that. Why didn't he use like a beachy story, you know? Why didn't he talk about, you know, like the one, one set of footprints in the sand or, you know, the throwing that one lone starfish back into the water and making a difference in that starfish's life, you know? Why didn't he do any of these things? No, he's on the beach and he could use all these different metaphors there. They're right in front of him, but he doesn't. He talks about farming. And why does he do that? I, I haven't been able to really find a lot on that, but I'm just going to guess. And so you can take this as Shannon's guess. That's how, that, this is how deep and smart this is that I'm about to say. Sometimes we have to be taken out of our uh, current situation. Sometimes we need to step out of where we are to really get something. 
And I think in that beach scene with the waves and, the, and everyone around and boats and, you know, probably seagulls, you know, flying around and, you know, all that was going on, I think he needed to take them out of there for a minute. And so he talks about farming. Because immediately you go, oh, hang on, he's not talking about, I can't see with my eyes what he's talking about. I can't hear the, the, the farming sound. I can't, you know, it's, I'm hearing waves, I'm hearing birds, but he's talking about farming. So you have to lean in a little bit more when someone starts to tell you a story that's different from where you are. Because I don't know about you, but I kind of go, yeah, I got it. I know what you're talking, oh, farming, hold on a minute. So he starts talking about farming. And the disciples wondered this too, because in verse 10, they say this to Jesus. The disciples came up and asked, why do you tell stories? He replied, you have been given, he's talking to his disciples here, right? The guys who have been with him, who have have heard and seen a lot of things he had done. This is what they say. You have been given insight into God's kingdom. Jesus telling the disciples this. You know how it works. I don't know if they really did, but that's what he said. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. And then I love this part. He says this, that's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. Why did Jesus tell stories? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? To create readiness in, in, the, in, the, in the life, in the heart of the listener, to nudge them towards receptive insight. In their present state, he goes on saying, in their present state, they can, they can stare till doomsday and not see it and listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. This is from the message version, by the way, if you didn't already figure that out. So why did Jesus use parables? To create readiness. Why did he tell stories to nudge people to the truth? This is what he did. I'm going to guess that you all know that what I'm about to say is very true. I'll say it anyway. Sometimes when people hear something, they hear what they want to hear and not what the person actually said. It's called marriage, uh, that's called um, parenthood, that's called um, work, um, that's called uh, life. <laughs> Sometimes when someone says something to you, you just hear what you want to hear. You take the words they said and it translates and filters through and you get a different message. It happens a lot. Um, you say something to someone and, and they hear something else, what they want to hear. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a situation right now, I'm trying to help kind of two groups of people work through a situation and, and they all have the same facts and yet they have two different understandings and it's causing conflict. And I'm trying to help them in this and oh, it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Sometimes you, you, you hear something and you only hear what you want to hear and then you base your, your thoughts and your actions on this. Jesus told stories because he wanted to nudge people to the truth. Because sometimes when someone says something to you, do you ever get defensive? You know, if someone's coming to you and it's, it's something, there's an issue, there's a problem, there's a conflict of some sort, do you ever get defensive? Is it just me? <laughs> You know, we kind of put up the wall, we kind of stiff arm, we kind of step back a little bit, like, oh, hold on a minute now. And before they even finish saying what they're going to say, you're already ready for your response, you're ready for what you're gonna, how you're going to take it and give it. And 
See, Jesus told a story, so suddenly you're like, oh, this isn't about me. Okay, I'll listen. Oh, this isn't, and then you get halfway through the story and you go, oh, this is about me. Oh, this is about that. I mean, it happens a lot. And so Jesus told stories. You know, when you hear a parable, you have to look for the meaning. You have to stop and go, now what does the seed mean? Well, the word of God, the truth. You know, what, what are these different kind of pieces, you know, gravel and weeds and, and good soil and heart? What is this? Well, that's the receptivity of the person, right? Are they ready? Are they prepared? You, you see all this, but you have to kind of, you have to look in there and see what it means. You have to search for the truth always. And the parables of Jesus were not really so difficult once you pay attention. I don't, I don't think there's any parables where we stop and go, I, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Once you look at it. So Jesus uses parables to make a deeper point. You know, there, I, I thought about this. How many of you are familiar with uh, the prodigal son in Scripture? I mean, you don't, have to, you don't have to recite it to me or tell me where it is, but you, you have kind of an idea, right? The story of the father who has two sons, and the younger son said, give me my inheritance now. I'm just basically going to treat you like you're already gone. I'm off. He goes and wastes it. The older son stays home, keeps working. Younger son blows it, realizes he blows it, comes home begging, like, just treat me like nothing, but can I just be here? And the dad's like, woohoo, and throws a big party and welcomes him in. And then the older son's like, hold on a minute. Like, why? I don't understand. I was here, and I was faithful, and you're doing this. And, and the father's like, well, you know, we, of course... I've always loved you and I've appreciated you and, and thank you, but we've got to welcome in your younger brother because he was lost, but now he's found and we've got to bring him in. We know this, right? Did you know that that's a parable? That's a story that Jesus used to make a point? There wasn't the father. We don't know. There was no actual father that we know of. There was no actual prodigal son. I mean, there's prodigals. There was no, in this story, it was a parable. Jesus used it to make a point. But some of us, if we've been around church enough, read the Bible enough, we know, we go, oh yeah, that really happened. Yeah, there was the father and every, when someone wrote it down and now we, no, it was a story. It was a parable. One of many that Jesus told to make a point. So he, he does this. Stories are so powerful. You guys know that. We, we know that. We, the, the, the book business, the, the podcast business, the movie business, I mean, television, it wouldn't exist if stories weren't powerful. Stories are powerful. Um, and what I like to think about is that um, they can also be redeemed. And what I mean by that is they can be used for God. Now, there's some stuff we just don't even need to put our eyes on it, and we understand that, or our ears to it, and we understand that. But stories are powerful, and they can be redeemed. And so what we're going to do each Sunday throughout the summer, and believe it or not, we're calling summer starting next Sunday because school's out, so that makes it summer. Um, you're going to be hearing from, I think, just about most of us on the ministry staff over the summer, a few other key leaders in our church. As, as we come and we take this stage and we stand here and we share with you some stories. Some stories that have been, that have impacted us and that have spoken to us and that have made us see a moral, a spiritual truth in the story. And we're going to share those with you. And we're going to share those in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not in light of box office sales. <laughs> um, 
in light of the gospel of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus did it. And we think that's a pretty good example to follow. If Jesus did it, that we will too. We're going we're gonna to follow this example of Jesus. We're going to use stories, uh, movies. We're going to help nudge people toward the truth. And so I hope this. I hope that you will um, you'll invite some people this summer. And I really mean that because I know that sometimes when the person up here with the microphone says, hey, invite some people, you're like, oh. Would you really pray about some people that you could invite? I mean, and here's what I mean by this. It, it could just be someone you've, you, you want them to come, but, you know, you probably know somebody who might not normally come to church. Um, I hope that you know people like that. Um, we need to know people like that. Um, maybe, maybe they've been to church a long time ago. Maybe they did the church thing and, and they're not anymore. Maybe, maybe they read the Bible, but they're kind of like, I don't know about church. But there's something that has kept them from fully embracing the, the life of Christ within the, the body of Christ, the, the church, the community. And, and, and I hope that you know some people like this. And here's what I got to say about that is you've got 12 weeks Actually, 13 if you count today until then. You've got 12 weeks to invite them to be a part of this. 12 weeks. Some of you are going, oh, 12 weeks, gosh. Every Sunday, 9.30 or 11. 12 weeks to, to invite someone to, to basically what you're doing is you're saying, there's a story that's going to be told today. And, and maybe it'll freak them out if you tell them I nudge them towards the truth. But you know it might nudge them towards the truth. And maybe the idea of going to church and hearing the pastor give a sermon just really kind of bums them out. It kind of bums me out when you say it like that too. Um, but when you say, hey, you want to come and, and we're, don't you really love that movie, you know, this movie? We're talking about that this Sunday. My daughter, as I was walking out of the house this morning, asked me if I was talking about one of the movies I'm talking about. I'm not telling you what it is yet. But she asked me if I was. I said, oh no, it's in two weeks, Mallory. She can't wait. Because you know people. So you've got 12 weeks. And if they say no for 11 weeks, guess what? You got another week to go. I remember my friend that led me to Christ who had invited me to church for months. And I said no. And then finally one day, I actually just showed up. I didn't even tell her I was coming. And I saw as she pulled into the parking lot, because I was already there, because I'm always early and she's always late. And she came pulling in the parking lot. I read her lips. Oh, my word. Because there I was in the parking lot, ready to go to church. She asked and asked and asked. So even if they say no for 11 weeks in a row, you've got that 12th week. And honestly, you've got the 13th and 14th and on, because... I think this is a great place to help people reconnect to the church or connect for the first time. Maybe, maybe I'm biased. Um, so I hope you pray about who you're going to bring with you this summer, uh, who you're going to invite to be here, to be a part of this, so that they, for this reason, so that they might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in a story that they did not expect to find him in, that they just didn't realize, Wow. There's truth in here. Like the parable Jesus told in, in Matthew 13, maybe, maybe the soil of their heart will be receptive 
to the stories that are told. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.